Have you ever taken a spiritual gifts test? Or maybe you've heard people talk about like motivational gifts or I have the gift of prophecy or whatever that gift is. Giftings are things that we talk about in the Christian world, but sometimes we don't break them down. What are they? What are the categories of these gifts? And today I have my friend Winter who is going to break down the three different categories of spiritual gifts. She's going to tell us why it's important to seek the Lord first in all of these things and why we should not be striving to have a gift. Winter Lascano is a passionate pursuer of Jesus, auntie to so many, and the marketing cheerleader you didn't even know you needed. Her job is to discover the secret sauce of your heart's mission in your business or organization and help you to grow it online. When she's not running Facebook ads or social media coaching, you can find her playing cards with her large brood of spiritual family, partaking in the fun of Nashville, or ministering with her sisters on the weekends. I'm so excited, friends, for you to meet my friend, Winter, and hear this incredible podcast. But don't forget, this is just part one. Part two is tomorrow. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. I am so excited you're here. I'm your host, Samantha Siemens, and I am here with one of my closest friends, Winter. I'm so excited and honored that you're on here. And I am actually really excited about this topic because we just don't learn enough about it and we don't hear enough about it. So today we are going to get jump right in and we are going to be talking about the spiritual gifts. And this, my friends, is a two-part episode. I don't want to just surface level this topic. We're going to talk generally about it today, but then tomorrow on the next episode, the bonus episode, we're going to dig in deeper as well. So you get full training from winter today. Winter, let's just start off with what are spiritual gifts? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I am uh, super excited to be here and super excited for you in this podcast because I think you've been talking about it since I've known you. So (laughs) super proud of you and excited for this season. And I love this topic. I think this is a topic that especially these days is is more readily available, but not always properly taught. Mm -hmm. So my heart is to not only encourage the listeners about what are spiritual gifts and have a more thorough understanding of what they are and how they function, but hopefully for you to feel released to know that God is not looking for you to do for him, but looking to empower you in the ways that he has created you to be. And that is hopefully a word of encouragement for somebody listening that God is not trying to use you simply to 
get what he wants from you or to use you for something else, but to empower you to live a life that is marked by signs and wonders and love because we don't earn spiritual gifts. We didn't deserve them in the same way that we don't earn gifts through any merit or action of our own. They don't belong to us. I think that's one of the misconceptions is that people take all these spiritual gifts tests and they're like, well, I have this gift and I have this gift and I have this gift and I have this gift and, and, and the common denominator and everything that I just said is me. And we have to recognize that the gifts belong to the Lord. They belong to him and they are meant to bring honor and glory to him. And so they're free. That's the beauty of it. They're free. We didn't earn them. We didn't deserve them. Like I said, they are free expressions of God's grace. So the clear and simple definition of what a spiritual gift is, is that it is God working through a believer to give divine function, strength, and power to accomplish his will in the believer's life so that as a channel of God's grace, Christ's life, and his kingdom may continue to be made manifest. It is about his glory. It is about his will, his heart, and his kingdom being advanced through the life of a believer. And so when we look at the word gift in scripture, um, it means grace. It's a Greek word meaning charisma, and that means grace. So even in the explanation of the definition of the word gift is grace. And if we know anything about salvation, we know that salvation was God's free gift of grace to us to come into salvation, to come into saving knowledge of who he is as Lord and Savior in order to save and deliver us. It's a divine enablement bestowed freely by God through the Holy Spirit in order that there might be ministry to the body of Christ for the purpose of spiritual edification, to build up the body. Um, And he operates his gifts through believers like us for his glory. So, how are, how is the Trinity? How is God? How is the Holy Spirit? How are Jesus glorified even in the midst of spiritual gifts? How do, how does that happen? If we continue to think about these gifts as just us for just us and that I have my gift and you have your gift, then we miss the opportunity of how God is looking to bestow his glory and his honor and his kingdom in and through us. So when we operate in the gifts and we fully understand what they are and how they function, he's glorified through what they do. Mm-hmm. So a person who operates in the gift of uh, faith or a gift of teaching or the gift of exhortation, when you operate in those gifts appropriately, the Trinity is being glorified. And the second way is when we testify of what he does. Mm-hmm. So again, we come back to that, to that understanding that the gifts are not about us. They are about him. And when we testify that as I move in the gifts, and we're going to talk about and break these down, the, each of these gifts and, and the context of each of these groups of gifts. That's probably revelation right there for somebody. <laughs> there's more um, than the, one. <laughs> there's more than one. And there's they're, they're not just one big amoeba of gifts, you know, like at Christmas, you get on stairs and there's like 19 million presents. It doesn't necessarily work that way with when we talk about spiritual gifts. There's mm-hmm. three different kinds of groups of gifts. But when we testify of what he has done, even in the midst of us using the gift, Jesus is glorified, right? It's kind of, it's it's really the essence of humility, right? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. And so when we continue to think that these are about us, number one, then we are expected to perform. Yeah. Right? We're expected to perform in those things and we're expected to um, basically we 
we can we can't inadvertently think of them as a as a badge of honor. Yeah. And totally. wear them proudly, like this is my gift this and this is, is my, who I am. Mm-hmm. And right. It's it's sort of like the Enneagram, right? We can use the Enneagram as as a badge of honor and saying, Well, I'm this, therefore mm-hmm. I can make an excuse for the other side of my personality or behavior. Yeah. I'm not that number. It's the same thing with the gifts. It's like, well, because I'm this, but therefore I don't actually do that or I'm not that I can't be that. So your, your gifts are not a label, right? It's not a badge of honor. You are not your gift. It's not an identity and it's not meant to build up or to glorify ourselves. Uh, We don't use them to boast about what we've done. Um, And let me just say this last part, but it is not a substitute for biblical character. It's not an excuse to forfeit your maturity in Christ or your spiritual responsibility. Our fruit as a believer will always supersede our gifts in terms of importance. That means we must continually stay on the potter's wheel, allowing him to refine, purge, develop, and develop himself within us. And that is the basic definition of discipleship. I love that you started with gift too, because just like our salvation, like you mentioned, it's free, it's not earned. But when we make it about us and we put on that identity, like I'm prophetic, I am full of faith, I'm whatever, then that puts the, the, the focus on ourselves and a gift is, is not self-serving. A gift is something again, that you didn't earn that you cannot earn. And sometimes I feel like there's a borderline between like a religious spirit where Mm. add it to my to-do list instead of like, I get to receive this gift. I get to participate and bring glory to God, the father in X, Y, Z gift. It's more like add it to my to-do list. I have to do this. I have to perform this Mm. way or, or this is my identity. I am this gift. And those are not the posture (laughs) of the father. Therefore they should not be postures for us. So good. Okay. So let's dig in. What is the first gift we're going to talk about today? So we're going to actually break these gifts down um, because there are, there are differences in the form and function of each of the gifts. Yes. Um, And many, like I said earlier, many teachings and studies out there will lump all the gifts together Mm -hmm. like Christmas morning. And so if we, if we basically see them all as uh, equally appropriate, then we will actually miss the caliber and the purpose of what they were intended for Mm -hmm. and how and why they were intended um, for um, evangelistic purposes, for the building up of the church, for the leadership of the church and the advancement of the church, we will miss out on the form and function of, of why they are important. First Peter 4.10, for instance, says that each of you should use whatever gift you have to have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. So we also recognize that this is a gift that we're that is also meant to serve and, and to build up the church. I want to break these down into three different groups and all of these are mentioned in the new Testament. Um, but all of them, like I mentioned, are unique and distinct from one another. So let's talk about the first widely familiar and known gift that these are probably something that you were born with. These are probably something that God gifted you when you were in your mother's womb. And these are coming, these come out of Romans 12, six through eight. And these are the, what we call the motivational gifts. These shape how the believer views life, how they relate to other, how they impact the body of Christ. But the gift isn't necessarily sanctified until you come into salvation, right? So when you grow up, you think 
that you really enjoy education and teaching, or you're always the cheerleader, right? You're always the exhorter. And you have all of these types of functionalities of your personality and your temperament, you know, and your skill set and stuff, but they don't actually become sanctified, meaning God doesn't actually set them apart for his holy purposes until you come into salvation. So if you've never even introduced to motivational gifts, especially as a believer, but you've grown up knowing that these are the ways that I'm wired, or maybe you don't know fully, you're not fully aware of how you've been wired or what your strengths are, then let me encourage you to take a test on what your motivational gifts are to really know how God has equipped you in order to serve the body of Christ. What is your purpose within, within the body of Christ? And although each person's behavior will vary according to factors such as, like I said, your temperament, your background, your age, your gender, culture, and circumstances. So I may be, and I am actually one of my top gifts as administrator and leader, and we'll break these down later on. But Sam may also test as a leader, but because we are all uniquely and wonderfully knit together in our mother's Mm -hmm. womb, that gift may look different on Sam than it does on me. I know when I first took the when I first took the get the test for motivational gifts, this was decades ago. No, just kidding. I'm not that old. <laughs> but when I took it, like, you know, I don't know, gosh, like 15 or 15 years ago, maybe. I don't even know. I was still growing in my faith. I was still growing in my salvation of what it really understood to be a disciple of Christ. Right. And I came with my, my baggage and my mm-hmm. stuff, right. My junk. And I knew that, I admired, you know, the leadership and the the confidence that other people were walking in. So when I took the test, I was taking it through all of those lenses. Yeah. Right. My hurt, my pain. Oh, I see this person and I want to be like that, you know? So all of the questions, I was like, well, this is what I want to be. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is who I aspire to be. And I got my results and I, I immediately knew like in my gut, I'm like, uh, that's not me. <laughs> Right. But it was like, you know, it was a gift. It was a test and it was a spiritual test. So I was like, oh, maybe this is really who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you that if you've taken it, it's been many, many years to retake it. And if you've never taken it, you know, take it and at least let it use it as a barometer, um, you know, for who you are and and potentially where God is going to take you as you grow into who he's made you to be. So Romans 12, six through eight says that we have different gifts according to the grace. There's that word again, given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So there are seven motivational gifts and the word is in the title. It is your motive. And these are the gifts that were given by the father. Like I said, as you were born, you came into salvation. These are the gifts that he gave you. You were probably born with them and they are to serve and to build up and to edify the body of Christ. Then we get into another group of (laughs) gifts called the manifestation gifts. And these belong to the Holy Spirit. He gives as he wills and he wills where he wants to give. My spiritual mom who I love dearly said, told me, well, she probably taught on this multiple times in my relationship with her, but she said, fruit is about character and gifts are about availability. When you pursue fruit, you will make yourself available. 
So manifestation gifts, like I said, belong to the Holy Spirit. They're not mine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't born with this and he gives as he wills, meaning we all have access to these gifts. We all have access to the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit because he uses them to ex- basically manifest himself in and through us to other people, right? The gift of faith isn't for me. The gift of faith is for you. Mm-hmm. As I al- allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through me to give it to you. The same thing with miracles, this, the gift of miracles, right? the gift of, of, of healing, all of those things, those are for other people. And as I make myself available for the Holy Spirit to flow in and through me, I give them away as conduits of his love and his grace for you. It's like the gift of healing. Now, are people more prone sometimes to, to walk in one gift more than another? Yes. Yeah. Do some people have a greater grace to walk in some of these gifts more than another person? Yes. But do we, are we all disqualified from walking in any of them? No, mm-hmm. we should all be able to know and see that we have access to all of these gifts to, to freely give them away as the Holy Spirit wills to give them to us. There are nine ma- manifestation gifts, and this is from 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but the gift of wisdom, the word of knowledge, uh, another of faith, the gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, the distinguishing of spirits or discerning of tongues, um, the gift of tongues, um, interpretation of tongues. So there are nine manifestation gifts and we should all have equal concern for all of them. There's no division in the body at the end of, of chapter, uh, at the end of that chapter in first Corinthians 12, Paul tells us to earnestly desire all of the gifts. Mm -hmm. We should be desiring all of those gifts, all of those manifestation gifts. So Again, when you're taking a test, it's it, you may have be bent and have more grace in one of those, but we should all be desiring all of them. And they're available for all of us, not just the super yes. holy Christian women, preacher. Exactly. Men. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I think I think there's something about especially um, young believers or new believers when they get saved. There's like this this holy deposit of fire right? Yeah, that comes in them. Favorite. And all of a sudden they're just, yeah, they just want to tell everybody about it. They want to, they want to um, see, you know, God move in and through them. And so there's an opportunity there where even some of them ha- are, are given gifts of miracles, mm-hmm. right? Or gifts of faith or gifts of healing. And guess what? They didn't spend 12,000 hours in the word of God yeah. or qualify themselves to do that. What they did was they made themselves available for the Holy Spirit. They yielded to his spirit. They surrendered to his spirit when they came into salvation and he readily gave them something to give it away. Yeah. In the midst of their fervor, he gave, they were to give, they were going to give it away in order for it to be a gift to somebody else. So let me encourage anybody who's listening that you have access to all of these things um, and that you can be a woman who is marked by signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. Amen. That'll preach. Yep. So, okay. So let's talk into the third group of gifts and these are called the ministry gifts. This is from Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, but this group of gifts is a little bit different. Scripture tells us that, that he gives some to be apostles, teachers, evangelists, pastors, not everybody actually operates in the office of these things. These are offices that are essentially built meant to basically establish and multiply the church. 
So most churches, hopefully most churches have somebody functioning in all five of these offices. Is that always the case? No. Um, but not everybody just operates as an apostle. Right. Right. Where that's di- the diff- that's one of the distinctions between the manifestation gifts and the ministry gifts is manifestation gifts. You know, we all have access to them, but he only gave some to walk in the office of pastor, some mm-hmm. to walk in evangelism or evangelist. Now, can we function in the the expression of these things? And should we? Yes. Should I strive to share my faith and, and evangelize my, and share the, my faith with my neighbors? Yes. Am I an evangelist? No. Right. Yeah. So there's a difference between walking in the office, right, of these things, but but I can actually operate and I should desire to express the function and the purpose and the, um, you know, the, the, just the desire to want to do how these offices function, if that makes sense. They are meant to build the church and to edify the body to provide someone with moral or spiritual understanding as well. So that's why these are pastors and apostles um, and prophets. They are practical. They're essential. They're can do types of ministries, and they're usually often confirmed by ordination. So that's another distinction as well, that they're usually, there's some kind of formal process that they go through and they are ordained by other leaders and and members within the body of Christ at large. So there are five of them, like I mentioned, and I'll just list them off again, apostles, prophets, evangelism, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And this is from Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Let me back up. Why are these important? right? We've, we've talked about all three of these different types of gifts. Why are they important? Because the goal isn't to chase after the gift or to chase after the sign and the wonder. The goal is to chase hard after Jesus. And as we do, signs and wonders follow us, Yeah. right? Yep. That, that again, it goes back to our, our, our character that when we focus on growing the fruit and our, and our discipleship and our biblical character, then in essence, as we mature and we grow up in Jesus, if we grow up in Christ, our discipleship process is, is, is allowing us to grow in our understanding and our awareness of who Christ is, then we make ourselves available. We actually start to operate in these things as second nature because it's an overflow of the life of Christ within us. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest distinctions, you know, that we can make with, with these three things and, and to encourage people that this isn't about you trying to perfect yourself in your gift or to figure out, I got to figure out what my gifts are. I got to figure out what my gifts are. No, let me encourage you, friend. You should be falling hard in love with God yep. first and foremost and following hard after Jesus And when you do that, then these things will follow you. Yeah. I posted that in December, just the, I was, my inbox was full (laughs) of just the striving, the religion, the to-do list, the things. And so I put, it's super ugly post, but it's, it's just exactly that. And it's our like only job, our first job, our job is to fall every single day and more in love with Jesus. Like you said, the overflow of that love comes out these gifts, like 
My heart's desire for this episode isn't for you to, I mean, yes, take the test and, and see what God shows and reveals to you, but it isn't to strive to be something, you know, it isn't to desire a title or a name or whatever. Instead, it's to one sit in the majesty and wonder that God, you're so good. You gave us this, like we get to participate in the Holy or with the Holy spirit in these things. I get to use my administrative. I thought I was just really cool and organized and good at helping people, Mm. but instead it's a gift that you have given me that I get to use to help further your kingdom and share the gospel and show other people the love of Christ. Like my heart. Yes. is for that. Not so much the striving, but the Lord to sit in the wonder that we get to, and then take action by spending time and being more filled up with him so that we get to participate in this. And one of our prayers that we pray, I say, we, the abundant women collective, but then also Matt and I like very often is like, God use me, right? Whatever the circumstances, whether I'm going to the grocery store, not all the time with four kids, but sometimes when I'm going to the grocery store, (laughs) Like, okay, God, let me go grocery shopping, but use me for your glory. If there's somebody I need to talk to you, if there's something that needs to happen, then let it be right. Or we also do the, like, open the doors that are for me. And in that, in me seeking his will, not seeking the gift, not seeking, I want to spit out some prophecy today. It's more Mm -hmm. so allowing space for the Holy spirit to move in me, to use me. Mm -hmm. Like I want him to, and those gifts are what are like the cause of that. Right. So loving him mm-hmm. more, seeking his face and his will, and then making room for him. He right. can't, he can do whatever he wants, but he's not going to push himself on you. If you're so busy right. doing the things that you miss the opportunity for him. Right. Right. And even the fear of, of making yourself available. Yeah. Right. What if I get rejected? What if this yeah. happens? What if they look at me like I have four heads, you and know, when I, and they will, yeah. but I think that goes back to, you know, the, the, the fruit of love and mm-hmm. patience and kindness and gentleness that as, as those fruits mature in us, then we don't have any choice, but to want to give them away. Yeah. Right. And to allow the Holy spirit to move in and through us for us to be able to give them away to those that need them. And so their response to my act of giving is not incumbent upon whether or not I choose to give. It's yeah. not incumbent upon whether or not you're going to receive it. It's just my heart's desire because I am in communion with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord is to freely give away what he has so readily given to me first. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you receive that is not up to me. It is up to them, but it is my responsibility, my spiritual responsibility to be obedient to what he is prompting and in tuning in my heart and in my spirit to, to do, to say, or to act in. And I think that's the the distinction of, I, I grew up in a really heavy, in, I grew up in Jesus and a very heavily discipleship oriented church. And we went through seasons where it was all about sharing the gospel and going into places, public places and finding mm-hmm. someone who needed Jesus and learning how to operate with the Holy spirit and discern that. Um, I mean, multiple seasons. Um, when I was in ministry, I went through a ministry training program and there were Fridays, every Friday designated to pick a place in the community and to go share the gospel with somebody yeah. every week, you know? <laughs> and of course it's like my, my flesh and my, my, you know, my lack of 
love, <laughs> you know, was <laughs> yeah. resisting me to want to be able to do that. Um, and so I get it. I get that, 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 you know, sort of that fleshly resistance to want to be able to do that. But as we, as we move in obedience, the obedience gets easier, but that as we mature in our fruit, as we mature in our love for Jesus, as we understand his character and his heart for me, and he brings healing and freedom and deliverance to those places within me that I don't, I want other people to experience it because it's, it, it's what he's done in me and it's his heart for mm-hmm. his body right? It's to see them healed, set free and delivered like he did it for me. And so these gifts need to be given away. I mean, if you look about the book of Acts, the whole way that the church multiplied so rapidly was because the gifts were on display. The Holy Spirit had come right in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and 3000 people were speaking in new tongues and Mm -hmm. and new languages and native languages to surrounding countries and cultures where they had not known of this Jesus, this person, right? They had not known of this God. And so all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes, he drops in their native language and people are being sent out and and sharing the gospel essentially in native tongues to those places and performing signs and wonders. Yeah. Because it was a mark of a supernatural experience that they did not have understanding and then the words to be able to articulate. So this was also how and why the, the manifestation gifts were so important because it pointed to something and someone far beyond our human ability and our human nature to understand. It pointed to a supernatural being who had come to be able to set free, deliver and heal um, his kids. So when we think about it like that, you know, I think we're, we've been in and we're continuing to be in a season where these gifts are, are, are more readily being displayed, but we've got to be a people who are holy and set apart for his purposes. And we can't do that if we're thinking that it's just about our doing and our, and our going, but it's also about our being and our staying. If this feels overwhelming or even like some of this scripture is like, that's great for them. Right. But with what winter just said, I couldn't help, but feel like even with the people in the upper room, even with the people today, one, there's no lack of need in the sense that there's no lack of hopelessness or defeat or anxiety or depression or name anything that's not of God. There is no lack of that. Right. And so through some of winter story and some of our other stories. Yeah. People have been called to Russia and to the street corners and all of that. But like you, wherever you are, wherever your life looks like this is for any woman, any person really, but we're talking to women. So in whatever season, whether you're a great grandma at 98, you're still here, homie. So you still have some work to be done or the college student who is entering her freshman year. I mean, like anything, the 10 year old, I don't care. It is for you and you have people around you that Mm -hmm. need the hope and love of Jesus. The gift that you've experienced, you get to share out. But then also if that feels weighty, the idea of these gifts, the favorite part about it, having a God that is so big, so good, so omnipresent, beginning, end, all the things is that he's also like in charge of it. So I just have Mm -hmm. to make room for him and say yes mm-hmm. to him, surrender my will mm-hmm. for his and say, yes, I don't have to worry if once I pr- tell someone about Jesus, if they get saved that minute doing youth ministry, one of my favorite and least favorite parts is that you plant so many seeds, so many seeds, but mm-hmm. you don't 
I mean, rarely you do get some, but you don't always get to see the fruit, the flower, the fruit, anything that blooms from that seed. And it's the same thing with these. You get to make yourself available, say yes to whatever he's calling you to, whether it's talking to the grocery clerk. I don't know why that's in my mind, but that minute, and then not worry about the income. And then you're like, all right, God tag team, like you're it. Thanks for letting me participate in your goodness and your will. Mm -hmm. You get to handle the rest. I'm not in charge of the outcome. And to me, that's so good. Like I just have to say yes, do my part and then wait for the next call or, you know, for the next thing. I don't have to. Yeah. Make sure that person gets saved or make sure they speak right, in tongues right. or all of the things that to right. me is encouraging. It goes back to that scripture too. That says that one, one plants, one sows, one reaps, one yes. harvest. Yes. There's a process of planting and sowing and all of those things. And so you, you may be the one who is planting a seed. And so you are sharing a gift of a word of encouragement. You are sharing the gospel. You are praying for somebody and you may not see that response right away, but your responsibility in that moment was to plant the seed so that somebody that's why it's the body of Christ, why Mm -hmm. we need each other, why we need every member of the body, because somebody then is going to come and may water that seed, you know, three years from now. And that person's going to recall that the seed was deposited in them and there's going to be some level of hopefully faith that's arising within them because they're remembering the seed that was planted because it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility, right? So it takes that weight off of us that he's just looking for your availability, friend, and to not take the bait that the enemy would lie to you to tell you that, well, who are you to do that? Yeah. Oh, look, guess what? They didn't, nothing happened. You have no idea what your act of obedience deposited in the spirit realm that places the pressure and, and the outcome on the Lord to continue to water and harvest that seed. So good. Fred, I told you we were in for a treat today and have no fear. We are in for another treat tomorrow. We are going to dig in deeper. Today was a good piece of the pie And tomorrow we are going to dig into more. We're going to dig in deeper to the motivational gifts. And this I'm super excited about as well, because, well, because hopefully today stirred up your hunger. It stirred up your curiosity. It stirred up maybe even some repentance and some laying down in order for us to learn more and be ready for motivational gifts digging. All right. Until next (laughs) time, friends. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.